This week's episode is brought to you by the Talkbuster podcast. Every episode, Chris Chipman and a guest reminisce their time working for Blockbuster. Now, even if you've never worked for a Blockbuster, I guarantee you'll find the stories both hilarious and relatable. One of my personal favorite stories was when he had a guest retelling his time of working at a porn shop the day before Christmas when they were just packed to the gills. So, listen to the Talkbuster podcast on all your favorite platforms today. Going live in three, two, one, and hello, and welcome to Geeks with Shields, your home for all things good and nerdy in this, the darkest timeline. I'm Lord Commander Ulrich, and with me as always is... His shield brother, Axel Wright. How's it going today, man? It is going fine. <laughs> I feel like I should have more to say, but I've been basically busy since I woke up, and I haven't had a moment to like sit and relax yet, so let's just move on through, keep this trainer rolling. Yeah, I, I understand those days all too well. So, speaking of keeping on moving, we're going to start this episode the same way we start all our episodes, by thanking the people that make this possible, and those are our patrons. They are Pam Galley, Marky, Orion McCann, Chris Chipman, River Galley, Krug, Reed D, Stephen, and Arthur Crane. Now, if you're sitting on the fans going you know i really like this show but i just i don't know if i can spend a dollar it's like well one it's 25 cents an episode two we've got a bunch of great content you know going on the patreon like right now we've got a ongoing review of watchmen and three if we can make a little bit more we're gonna do that michael bay smackdown for the day you all want us to do which means we got to watch and talk about all those michael bay movies and Oh, that, that's worth twenty five you know, cents, right? You know, it's a little little early in the episode for the the, the plug, Ulrich. Why don't we instead hand the mic over to our guest who's joining us today? Hey, how's it going? Just go ahead and introduce yourself. Sure thing. Uh, my name is Nick Kramer. Sometimes uh, known on the internet's as Nervous Nick. You might might know me from Screw Attack or Rooster Teeth or Death Battle, some combination of those things. That has kind of been my online career thus far. All right, and Nick is joining us today to do a a simple, straightforward discussion on our experience with fighting games. That's what Ulrich wrote down. That's what I'm reading. Now, <laughs> I myself am a big fan of the genre in particular. I don't know why. what got Ulrich to picking this particular topic. So, Ulrich, why don't you uh, take take me on this journey? Where what, what brought you here? Well, we have a big Google Doc full of various show ideas that when we get a guest, we send them going, hey, which of these sounds interesting to you? And I sent it to Nick, and Nick was like, ooh, fighting games. Like, we can talk about fighting games. Yep, that one immediately jumped out at me. I didn't know what to expect, but uh, fighting games is one of my favorite things. So I saw that one and knew that had to be the topic for this episode. All right, well, this is a pretty loosey-goosey format, and we usually cool. like to give our, uh, our guests first crack at talking at taking on the topic so why don't you tell us uh how about this I'll ask a very pointed question what is the first actual fighting game you remember playing uh these days well okay smash brothers technically was the first one but the first time i ever played a fighting game like as a fighting game because of smash i was just playing it straight up party mode would have been street fighter 3 not even third strike not the street fighter 3 everybody remembers street fighter 3 new generation if you do happen to watch screw attack or if you did way back in the day you might remember a lot of shenanigans happening around uh the street fighter machine that was literally where i learned how to do quarter circles and 
Shoryukens with Ryu, or actually I was learning Sean. <laughs> that was the first character I tried to learn. Um, but yeah, Street Fighter 3 New Generation, that was the first fighting game I ever played. So I'm already going to say that what's interesting to me, one of the things that makes fighting games as a genre so fascinating is that because of the one player, one character, one-on-one kind of nature and how you usually have to dedicate so much time into a, a character in a well-done fighting game anyway to figure out how to you know, be really good with them, it, it's there's a lot of, well, personality in fighting games because basically yeah. they you know, will chop off things like story and you know complexity of other things to be like, all right, we're going to make the, the combat mechanics work and we're going to make the characters brimming with personality. So that's actually why I didn't get into Street Fighter for a long time because, and this is not meant at all as an, uh, a slight against Street Fighter, but until Super Street Fighter 4, there were no Street Fighter characters that caught my specific interest. But then Super Street Fighter 4 gave me Jury Han, and now I've played a ton of Street Fighter. <laughs> yeah, Jury is one of those characters that when 4 came out, or Super 4 anyway, I really wanted to play as her, but I was just not at the skill level. And I, I think I'm still not to uh, wrap my mind around, like, you know, doing the quarter circles and holding the kicks to charge the fireballs. She's really wonky that way. The first Street Fighter character I actually really mained and connected with was actually Ibuki. I really like ninjas. Uh, just in any game, but in, in particular fighting games. And uh, Ibuki just had a whole bunch of moves and target combos. He was just a lot of fun to use. All right, well then, before we continue on the many tangents that I could take from from that, all right, what is the first fighting game you remember playing? Because I don't think, you're not particularly into the genre, are you? But I don't think you're particularly against it either. It's just kind of a, a thing that exists to you, right? Here's the thing. I like fighting games. Fighting games do not like me. <laughs> I, I've never, I've never mastered the dexterity or the any of the stuff that's necessary to be good at them. But I've always enjoyed playing them. And one of my, you know, the earliest ones was uh, X Men versus Street Fighter in the arcade, in those old stand up arcades. Just because I knew X Men, I didn't know what Street Fighter was, but I knew what X Men was, and it looked like fun. And I was little enough, it didn't matter if I'm just feeding this machine quarters, I got to watch Cyclops and Magneto and all this cool stuff. So I've always wanted to play, you know, fighting games. Played a bunch as a kid, you know, I had a bunch of brothers, and what's the best way for brothers to play together than with uh, various fighting games? None of us were ever good at them. Like, it would, you know, you'd, you'd figure the move and spam lock somebody in the corner, but, and, <laughs> and I tried to get into it with, uh, I think it was, Mortal Kombat 9, like, okay, I like Mortal Kombat, I like fighting games, I'm going to do this. And I tried it, went, this is not for me. I can't do this. So that has been my experience. I love fighting games, but it's just, it's never clicked for me. I'm kind of surprised to hear you say that about Mortal Kombat, because Mortal Kombat is arguably the most popular fighting game, like proper traditional fighting game franchise on the planet. I, I throw that caveat on there because Smash Ultimate just became the number one uh, top selling fighting game of Can all time. I- can I caveat about Smash real quick? And yeah, let, me get, let, me, let me put something forward. I love Smash. I do. Smash is really fun. I love to play uh, Lucario, Robin, any of the Fox characters, although I feel dirty when I do. <laughs> so, uh, But I tried to explain this to someone recently. Like With, with the last um, Evo having like Smash as its end, it felt to me really weird. It was like, the, 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 the way I put it is, if there was like a tournament that was the tournament for MOBAs, and the end, like, the last day MOBA was Smite, 
it would just be like weird, you know? And that, that's how I feel about Smash. Like Smash is a really fun party game that you happen to be able to play like a fighter. And I love it for that, but that's why I feel like it it only tangentially fits this discussion. You know what I mean? <laughs> sure. Well, for whatever it is worth, uh, right now Smash is like the fighting game I'm into. Um, because I, I do enjoy playing it as a fighter. The the one-on-one kind of scenario for for a lot of the same reasons that I like any other fighting game ever. There's just a lot of stuff that's unique to Smash that I really like. As as far as Evo though, yeah. And by the way, don't don't miss this. When I'm saying that, it's not any gatekeeping bullshit. Like it's oh, not a real fun. No, no. It's a game. It's is a game. I, I have fun with it. But it's just like words have meanings, and I was just trying to establish kind of. <laughs> sure. Know. Sure. Um, I forgot where I was originally going, but uh, thinking about other fighting games that I play and have played a lot uh nobody's going to contest whether this is a fighting game or not i promise but killer instinct the 2013 i love killer instinct my favorite fighting game that has ever been made i friggin love that game i i played a lot of killer instinct the original when i was uh young my my mother actually uh constantly whooped my ass with jade (laughs) so (laughs) that's fun but yeah, but my uh, my origins, as far as this genre go, come with a game that I hear no one ever talk about, and I would love to see a resurgence of. The first fighting game I remember playing when I was probably about, I don't know, like five or six years old, is uh, Battle Arena Toshinden. I've heard of that. I am so blanking on what that one was, though. I want to see- say giant robots or mechs or something like that no that all ranto shinden was basically proto soul caliber so uh, oh yeah 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 okay that now it's kind of sort of coming back to me a little bit yeah, yeah so it's, it's weapon based it, right yeah it was it was the first weapon based uh one that i played and i actually don't know if it precedes soul blade i i played soul blade as well but just based on how it looked, I wouldn't be surprised if they came out roughly around the same time. But yeah, Battle of Ranto Shinden was uh, all the stuff that you know you, people would associate with the Soul Calibur series. You had a bunch of characters from different you know uh, locations who wielded different kind of weapons. You had the kind of it was a three dimensional uh, fighter with boundaries at the edge of you know the arena that you could fall off. But one thing that Battle of Ranto Shinden did that Soul Calibur and Soul Blade originally didn't really do is that Battle Shinden also had that Street Fighter attribute of every character having like crazy ass magic powers in addition to their weapons. Yeah. So like literally the main I character. I remember this game now. You have yeah. solved a decades old mystery for me. Thank you. <laughs> the uh, the Ryu type, as I'm going to call him, was named Iji E I J I, who is dressed basically like a a thin Ryu with a katana and. Actually, it might not even have been a katana. But point is, he's got a sword and he can chuck fireballs. Like, he's as simple and plain as you can, but he illustrates yeah. my point that it's basically like, all right, what if Huang, or not Huang, uh, Huang from uh, Soul Blade could also Hadouken? <laughs> so, <laughs> but anyway, that, yeah, I played that game. I played IG and I played Gaia, who was this big ass Viking with a, you know, crazy great sword that he wielded one handed. So, I would love to see a resurgence of that. Unfortunately, Soul Calibur basically dominates that particular field for those. There's not a lot of reason to, for anyone to have uh, interest in it, but it's my, like, you know, my hope. (laughs) (laughs) I remember that game. I remember, because we had that for the PlayStation, and my brother, my older brother, knew all the combos. So he'd always challenge me to a game and then just unleash the combos against me, and I had no idea how he did it. 
But, oh, I've been trying to remember what that game was forever. Well, hey, you never know. It could come back. I mean, we had Samurai Showdown finally make a return just a that's, couple months ago. That's I mean, true. Anything, anything can happen at this point, I think. Yeah, and the other the other ones I remember playing a lot as a, a kid, and again, I'm not saying this just because I don't hear about them, but at the same time, I don't hear about them very much. Uh, Primal Rage was my personal favorite yeah. arcade one. Uh, particularly playing as just dinosaurs is great. And um, I'm also a huge fan of Bloody Roar, which was basically Tekken, except everyone was a were-creature. You know, I never, I never played heard Bloody Roar, one. but I, I absolutely saw that in Nintendo Power Magazine when I was a kid. And always wanted to play it since then i still have not but i swore that if they ever remade bloody roar or rebooted it or anything like that that i would finally take the dive because i really love the idea the the main gimmick is you play as a human that can then transform into an animal right well a half animal so like i said so so, sort of yeah kind of well, it's funny because so mechanically, like I said, the game was closest to Tekken in that it's a three-dimensional just right. fist fight where it's a lot of juggling moves and like very close encounter. But yeah, the extra mechanic is that as you're fighting, you build up this like meter and then you use the meter to turn into your like creature form. Uh, for instance, my personal favorite character, my main as it were, was uh, Sheena the Leopard, who was this like badass army chick so think maybe like cammy but with more clothes and bigger muscles and uh yeah actually she turned wears into, pants yeah exactly she wore uh like army pants because she was actually a soldier yeah. so but she turned into a, a leopard lady and she was my favorite so all i remember is somebody turned into a rabbit that's the only screenshot that these years alice later, the, I still remember seeing yeah that's alice the rabbit you can think of her as the ling xiao yu or the sakura type character of that game alice the rabbit so it, is it like supposed to be an Alice in Wonderland, Wonderland sort of reference, or am I just connecting dots that aren't meant to be there? I think there were, if I remember correctly, there were a few other like little tidbits in her backstory that made comments on it, but it wasn't like an obvious like thing. But yeah, it, it was there. Like if you made the connection, no one's gonna <laughs> say you're stretching, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then then there were some cases where they 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 took that um that concept right and they tweaked it a little bit like there's one ca- there you said you like ninjas there are two ninjas there is um oh he has one of those famous ninja names like uh, Hayabusa or something like that but right. uh, who is uh I think it's just Ryu actually like something like that but is the mole like he's a ninja and then he turns into a mole so that he can like travel through the ground really quickly but it's cool because you know ninjas have this thing where they like. They don't use their fists usually in video games. They have their hands like kind of pointed out so they can stab with their fingers. And yeah. in his case, it turns into giant ass mole claws. So it looks really cool. Oh, okay. I was trying to figure out the connection between ninjas and moles. But if they're taking it that route, I can kind of see that. I would have yeah. assumed like a chameleon or something that can blend in and be stealthy. Something like that. But Yeah, I believe it's supposed to be the mole so we can like get you know hide in the ground and stuff but uh, it does that classic a lot of video games do where you know the ninja has the evil ninja but then also the evil ninja is also the robot ninja so (laughs) the evil robot ninja is the iron mole so he's still a mole he's just a robot mole (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome question mark (laughs) yeah i thought he was great there is a chameleon in it too but the chameleon character is the like the joke character like he's a pain in the ass to fight this whole thing is his he's the voldo of that game essentially okay. the the dan hibiki yeah yeah fighter <laughs> i wouldn't say that bad but yes okay gotcha 
anyway, my 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 point is that's my longabout way of getting to like these were like my out there fighting games I like to bring up. But when I was at the height of, so I always used to say to um to my friends, it, the impression I got was that I was like naturally good at getting better than a non-fighting game player. If that makes any sense. But sure, when it yeah. came, yeah. So like when I played uh, Street Fighter online, I can I'm silver, like barely silver. I'm not I'm not great or anything, but I'm still good enough that basically all my peer group aren't people who play a lot of fighting games. So you know, I reached a point where like uh, I think during Smash Brothers Brawl, every week um, I'd go over to a friend's house and we'd all play together, and they'd all just fight me because it was the only <laughs> way for it to be fair. <laughs> yeah, we all have that one friend, man. Talking about that, um, some of my favorite memories of working at Screw Attack and Rooster Teeth are the how so often there are, our work days would wrap up with fighting games. So in the old school Screw Attack days, we would all, uh, the, the ritual would be, it would come to be like 6 o'clock or maybe 5.50 if we really felt rebellious. And you would just hear this click from the other room. And then somebody would hit the start button. You'd hear, welcome to the world of Street Fighter 3. And that was like the siren song that drew everybody in the office. Who cared anyway? It wasn't everybody. To the arcade machine. And it would just be uh, like best two out of three maybe. And winner stays on. And uh, other people hop in. And just having a good time. So we'd be there for like 30 minutes to an hour. <laughs> most every day. Or at least I would be. As the years went on, that that game uh, drifted away from Street Fighter Three to uh, Street Fighter Three Third Strike to uh, it's been Killer Instinct. It was uh, whatever the latest version of Smash was at the time, and um, just so many days of fun memories wrapping up the work day with gathering around with some fighting games. It's just kind of a, the thing that we all happened to like to do. And you know that was the thing that always made me. Sad is not the right term, but fighting games are at their, in my experience, the best best time is when you're playing with your friends and everyone is cool. You know what I mean? Because, like, I had yeah. I had my best friend in high school, uh, and he was my best friend at the time. He was a terrible sore loser. So I remember, like, literally playing Fight Night Round 3 with him. Because, yeah, I consider boxing games fighting games. What? <laughs> but anyway, we were... And I, I literally... Yeah, exactly. But I, I literally had to... I, I I would like experiment. We're like, all right, if I win two or three times in a row, he'd get, he'd start doing the classic blame the controller. And then if I just let him win, he he'd get all confident, like everything was cool again. I was just like, uh, all right, I just it'd be nice. And I didn't find anybody who would like just play with me, regardless of our how we matched up, until basically college. And I've got a couple friends now who are like way better than me. But I don't care. Like I've got my one friend who is um in Street Fighter Five, he's like ultra gold with Balrog. And I literally nice. played yeah, I played against him uh when I was just practicing my Chun Li. I played against him for seven hours straight. And I lost like ninety five percent of the matches, and by the end my left my left thumb was killing me, but <laughs> I had a great time. It didn't matter to me that I kept losing because I was Yeah. You know, it's hard to find there's yeah, yeah. And uh on the topic of losing I have absolutely been the sore loser friend from time to time. I'm not proud of it. I like to think I've improved, I, although I know I, I still have my my uh, salty nights and I'm playing something in the, the TV room and my poor wife is just trying to fall asleep or something like that on the couch next to me. Um, but like 
there's a way to lose gracefully. And I mean, this, this applies to like a lot of things in life, of course. But uh, one thing that I've learned through fighting games, it just so happens, is to take your losses not as defeats, but as learning opportunities. So one thing that I do, like tournaments and stuff like that, when I when I get to go to those, is I'll, uh, if, if I lose, a, a, sorry, let me back up a little bit. This is a cool thing to do. If you ever find yourself in a tournament by sheer chance, you play one round against whoever it is. And by the end of that game, try to have three of their habits that you've noticed kind of jotted down in your memory. And then in the next round, whether you won or lost, see if you can take advantage of those. Actually, you know, what's funny that uh, I've only been in three fighting game tournaments ever. And I, I will share that in a second, but one of my favorite tournament stories of just something I've been in was actually a chess tournament when I was like 12. Oh, nice. And yeah. And I, I, uh, so the way that tournament worked was that in the very first round, if you lost, you went on to the consolation tournament. And in the very first round, I played against the guy who ended up winning the tournament. So he no beat way. me. Yeah, he beat me, but then I beat everyone in the consolation uh, tournament. So I, I was like pseudo second. Basically, the only guy <laughs> who beat me was the guy who won. So, but the reason I bring it up is that the final round of that I played in was against this girl who uh, she she did this strategy that i had never seen there's involved this really defensive like um specific kind of pawn setup that i was so impressed by that even though i beat her i to this day still that's my go-to starting uh way i, I play chess <laughs> like i pulled that from her so anyway as for uh, as for fighting game tournaments i've been in i went to a uh the first one i did was a soul caliber one and that tournament taught me not to do um, button custom button layouts from that day forward because I had my custom button layouts from home and they weren't set up there and I lost oh, really no. quickly. So from that point forward, I just forced myself to learn whatever the defaults is. I don't I don't bother with customs because it's just anyway. Because well, it's pretty standard in most tournaments that you have a moment before your uh, set starts that you can do uh you can set up your controls however you like and then do a button check that's usually pretty standard although i don't know which soul caliber was this uh two ah uh, way back in the day or, or was this uh done when the game was new or was it just kind of one uh, years later not years later this was new ish okay but it, know, it's maybe, more maybe it's, it wasn't maybe button checks weren't a standard thing back then i'm not really sure there might have been but it was also the fact that i was in a very busy locale and i have um crowd anxiety so it didn't oh, help okay. that i felt like i was being rushed and i didn't want to make people wait so that that makes sense yeah so i just so i just don't bother now I instead rather just learn the default the the second tournament i was in was a smash tournament where i got to the finals and lost to my friend who was playing link which is fine <laughs> but it, it's given me a permanent hatred for link and smash so one of my uh, close friends mains link in every smash brothers so i have a secret hatred for that character too we can bond over this. It's all right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the only tournament I ever won was the one Tekken 5 tournament I joined, which I personally think that the fighting game that I was best at was when I was at the height of playing Tekken 5, because I was playing that, like, every day after that came out, and I was... I, I don't know. I'd never, I would never consider myself, like, you know, 
7 to 10. If we're rating, like, how good you are at a fighting game, like, the professionals are all, like, 9.8 and up. And I probably... But I'm saying, like, the best I've ever been at a single fighting game was in Tekken 5. So... Nice. I think the best I've ever been at a single fighting game would be... Going back to it, would be Killer Instinct. Um, you want to talk about tournament memories. I've, I've been to plenty of tournaments for that and for Smash. I would always kind of juggle both of them. But uh, Evo 2016... That was the only Evo I've gotten to go to so far, unfortunately. Um, but uh, that was like the most proud I've ever been of my performance at a fighting game tournament. Because not only did I get to play on stream, which was cool. And I had a, I don't know if you know who Maximilian Dude is on YouTube and Twitter. Of course I know Max. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Maximilian and Sayjam, uh, another popular fighting game commentator. He does all kinds of fighting games. Hold on real quick, real quick. Ulrich, do you know who we're talking about? I've been understanding bits and pieces of this conversation for the last <laughs> 10 minutes, but I knew well, that's what I was going well, to do. For the record, if there's, if there's any one YouTuber who's probably, like, the most well-known just fighting game, just watch him do stuff, it's probably Maximilian Dude. Like That dude are... is, he's a great streamer. You don't even have to like fighting games to enjoy him. He plays more than just fighting games, but yeah. fighting games are kind of his bread and butter. He's got a great he, sense of humor, too. So. Absolutely. He, he can make anything easy to understand, and he can make anything really enjoyable to watch, which, honestly, he's a contributing factor, a major one at that, as to, uh, for, for me, getting as deep into fighting games as I have. Yeah, he's, so, a, it's a, he's my third favorite streamer. The only ones I like more is I like Red Gambit, because Red Gambit's a, just, I, I get him a lot. And I like Smug, but Smug is, that's like a whole different kind of streaming. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so Max is great. Watch him. Uh, he Anyway, he and Sayjam, they commentated my matches at EVO in Killer Instinct. And, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, well, I say, I say matches because the first one I was on stream for, I was against this player, Pink Diamond. She is, like, one of, if not the best Maya players in that game. So she, she beat me, but the first round, so I, I played a couple of characters. The two I was like I was the, the best with were Bulgore and Saberwolf. And I used both. Hey, my characters. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fulgore, he's just like the coolest fighting game character that's ever been made. I don't care what you say. He's the Predator. You're, Before you're the Predator right. actually showed up in a Mortal Kombat game, this was the closest we had. <laughs> and that's why even I now like that the Predator is in a fighting game. Even now that the Predator's in fighting games, I still prefer Fulgore. Just gonna be honest. I mean, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so uh I, I go full gore against Pink Diamond, and I actually was pretty close to beating her, but I knew she was a really good player, so I thought I would do the best thing I could think of to try to stay a step ahead of her, because if you know, she's really good, she's probably got a whole laundry list of my habits in her mind. So I switched to Saberwolf, a character that I'm equally comfortable with. She was way more comfortable beating on Saberwolf than she was beating on my Fulgore. So I, I lost horribly, and my coworkers never stopped giving me crap about it. They call hey, it the man, legendary switch. <laughs> you attempted to pull an infiltration, and it doesn't work uh -huh. for everyone, so... <laughs> it does not, no. Um, but I got to stay on the stream setup because uh, the, next, the, the next game that was played after that was the loser's bracket of my pool. So... I got to stay on and play one more match or one more set. And I was against this guy whose name escapes me, unfortunately, but he was playing Jago. Pretty good Jago at that. 
So I go back to Fulgor and long story short, I end up beating him. And I, I had a couple like really hype plays and I was like, like mentally, I don't know if you've ever been in this kind of state, but I was just so in the moment that I was like Neo seeing the matrix. Um, all this is on YouTube too. I, I don't have a link right now, but oh, you have to, you have to send it to us later. Cause I'll, I'll find it. We'll put it in the link in the description. Cool. Cool. Yeah. So, um, but that moment, that. oh, I'll let you go ahead. No, I, I have, I have a, an equivalent that moment. Mine's not recorded, but I want to let you finish. Go ahead. <laughs> sure thing. So, like, I think my favorite moment of that is I'm Fulgore. And if you don't know how Fulgore works in this game, his meter is unique in that it charges up slowly over time. Most characters, they have to take damage or they have to be attacking in order to build meter. Fulgore's builds over time. And if he has a full meter, he can do a one-time, well, it's not necessarily one-time. Anyway, he can shoot a super powerful laser is what I'm getting at. And I was at mid-range against this Jago. And if you know Jago, he's basically Ryu. So he's throwing, he can only do two things at this range to hit me. Throw a fireball or do what's called a wind kick, which is like Ryu's Tatsumaki, whatever, the spinning kick. It's Tatsumaki Sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, only, I only know that so well because I heard Kyle A. Bear ranting about trying to pronounce it (laughs) oh man yeah so like i'm at that range and he's throwing fireballs and then i see him throw the the wind kick out so i do a back dash which makes the move completely miss and i blast him with my friggin laser and i won the 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 set and it was it was a moment of like abnormal clarity for me where i i felt like i was so in this guy's mind and um, I actually, as a deliberate choice, picked my one of my favorite songs in the game to to play, which is Rash's theme. It's it's that like Van Halen eight bit heavy guitar <laughs> sort of sounding track. Yeah, so uh-huh. I'm just hyped beyond belief here, and uh, I I beat that guy. I won on stream, and it felt really good. And I made it out of pools, which was the most impressive thing I've ever done in a fighting game, especially when it's at Evo, like the Super Bowl of fighting games. Yeah. So I want to give, I feel like we're uh, kind of stomping on you, Ulrich, but I want, but just some, um, <laughs> the, the only time I've had, well, not the only time, but the time that struck me with uh, having that kind of in the zone, like no one could touch me moment actually happened mm-hmm. for me with uh, For Honor. <laughs> Have you played For Honor? I, I, okay. Yes and no. Yes, I played it when it was at the E3 show floor. But no, I have not been able to play it since. Or I, oh, yeah. I, I guess I shouldn't say I haven't been able to. I just have not played it since. Well, here's something else I'll say. I don't consider For Honor really a fighting game. And it's, but there's a lot of crossover there. Yeah, yeah. But what's actually well, interesting so is... We'll carry over. What's actually interesting is that I'm really into actual close combat sports. Like, I love watching mm-hmm. uh, boxing and Muay Thai and things like that. And... As far as the principles of how actual fighting is conducted, For Honor is basically closer than any other game I've seen, because huh. the yeah the, the the systems of particularly how fainting works in For Honor, where it's like all about getting your the other person to throw out something that is it's like it's like footsies in Street Fighter, but there's more like accurate to how an actual human body kind of moves. I don't know how to phrase it any more than that but That's i did so have fascinating yeah but i did have this uh sequence of games where i was playing with my buddy who is objectively better than me wretched who's been on our show a couple times and 
I just had like three games in a row where we made the joke that I had set up a house inside his brain. Like <laughs> I just predicted everything he did and it was, it was crazy and fun, but yeah, that kind of feeling is, is very empowering. But yeah, if, uh, if anyone out there, you're a fan of fighting games and a fan of actual close combat like sports, you should try to give For Honor a shot and you might see what I'm talking about. It's actually kind of fascinating in that regard. Anyway. Are they still supporting that game? Yeah. Last I checked. I mean, I haven't played it's, it. It's probably about free to play, hasn't it? Or am, am I imagining things? Uh, no, they do free to play weekends on a regular That's basis. That's what it is. That's what it is. Yeah. So if you could just catch one of those just to see how you feel about it. I, I haven't touched it in about two months. I play Valkyrie, which is spear and shield, because in a real world battle, having a shield to protect yourself and a pole arm to stab them with is pretty practical. <laughs> Whereas Wretched plays. Yeah. Wretched likes to play things like the, the Raider, who just has a big, you know, sea axe, uh, which is a little less practical, but is still hype, you know? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Ulrich. Can you relate to anything we've just been talking about? <laughs> Bits and pieces. My experience with fighting games is similar to what Nick described in the everyone in the office gathers around it mentality in that, you know, my brothers and I, we grew up playing it and none of us knew how to, you know, really do it except my one older brother who cheated and learned all the combos offline. And it was just <laughs> oh, random yeah, button cheating. mashing. <laughs> When everybody else is just like, hey, how'd you do that? I don't know. I just pushed a random sort of buttons and a fireball came out. Cool. Um, so no, that's my experience. And, you know, just nobody knows what they're doing. We're all just mashing buttons. And our character choice is based off, hey, is that a man made of ice? It is. Cool. <laughs> and that was, that's my experience with fighting games is, you know, hey, you look cool. And, oh, you can do things. And uh, interestingly enough, my ongoing interest in fighting games, like so many things, is the lore. Like some fighting games, namely mm. Mortal Kombat, really spends a lot of times crafting these interesting backstories for characters. It's like, oh, okay, everyone over here is talking about the combos, the hits, the random words I don't quite fully memorize or understand. I'm oh, here like, go. yeah, I'm here like, wait a second. He killed his father, but his father wasn't really his father. It was his brother? Okay, that's interesting. Because that's the kind of weirdo I am. I'm I'm playing fighting games for the story. Well, it you know, certainly you're not puts you in minority, I... but not not impossible. <laughs> you're not the first person I've heard who plays fighting games for story. Although I've got a bad experience with all that. So, uh, <laughs> one of the first death battles I ever had to research and write was. Ragna the Blood Edge from Blaze Blue versus Soul Bad oh. Guy. And, and those of us who had played both the games were like, <laughs> You Ragna, you poor, poor bastard. And I cannot tell you how badly I would have just wanted somebody to tell me that because I had never played either game before. I knew very little about both of them. I'm a big fan of Guilty Gear. Admittedly, my Blaze Blue knowledge is a little less, but Soul Bad Guy is one of the most ridiculously OP fighting game characters ever. So, so I learned. But it took me, like, that was one of the more stressful death battles for me to work on, honestly, because, so, uh, Ben and Chad, who had been working on Death Battle for a couple of years before then, uh, assigned me that fight because it's fighting game characters fighting games don't have sprawling ridiculously lore heavy stories <laughs> and hello my name is arxis gaming <laughs> yeah so that's the thing the fighting games no but anime fighting games have the most convoluted 
backstories and settings and all that stuff yep. you can possibly imagine. <laughs> so, who knew, right? So Arxis is crazy, was, man. <laughs> yeah, so what they thought was going to be an easy underhand softball toss was like a fastball that was thrown by the Hulk. Like, it, I, it took so much more time to learn how those worlds work. Like, so, okay, as a starting point when you're researching death battle, you usually want to go to the wikis, the fan wikis in particular, because that's where a lot of the information that you're looking for is already gathered. Of course, you go to the actual source materials and back it all up as you do with everything, but that's just a good place to start. I was, I never get headache, but the day I had to go through the blaze blue wiki, I felt it coming on all day. And you could ask anybody who was in the office that day, Anytime they looked over at me, I'm just like slouched in my seat. My head is buried in my hands and my fingers are all through my hair. And so sitting in that position for hours on end, my hair is sticking up all over the place because I have like 32 tabs open just trying to follow the rabbit trail of proper nouns and knowing what they are. <laughs> the first couple paragraphs of who's, who uh, Ragna the Blood Edge is. So I had to learn about Seether. I had to learn about the... Uh, uh, his uh, arm, I, the, I can't remember what it's called anymore, um, but lordy, the Arc System Works, they, they don't just make fighting games, they paint extravagant worlds. Yeah, it doesn't help that uh, in, in that particular case with Soul Bad Guy is like the, the head guy at Arxis has basically gone on record that Soul Bad Guy is like his OC. <laughs> so no wonder he's literally like the most powerful being in existence yeah, and also so, just endlessly oh cool so yeah yeah so i gotta say that death battle for a long time turned me off to both franchises but uh i'm kind of eyeballing this new guilty gear that's coming out i'm thinking huh that's looks pretty you cool. know why i'm gonna play that new guilty gear the the sole reason soul i want to no 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 actually soul bad guy is not my character i play eno so i can beat people with a guitar that's right, Eno. That's the whole reason I'm going to play. It's just so I can play as her. <laughs> I'm not sure who I would play in Guilty Gear. Uh, oh, no, no. Actually, I take it back. I know exactly who I'm going to play, and I'll be so upset if she's not in Biken. Oh, well, I, I have no idea. My, my buddy, who's the big Arxis guy, uh, has, he's, like, super excited for it. I haven't looked too much into the actual roster other than knowing, like, is, is Eno going to be in it? That's all I care about. So. Yeah, yeah. Usually oh, I pick a character. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, no, no. Actually, you're talking about picking a character, I think. is it? Go ahead. Sure. Uh, the things that I usually look for in a character is just how cool does it look like when they're doing combos. And I think that's why I just so happen to gravitate toward ninjas, because they just have really cool-looking moves. I don't know. Biken's not a ninja, I know, but when I look at her combos and stuff, she, like, knocks people away, pulls them back in with the grappling hook arm, and hits them a couple more times. I love stuff like that. There's a certain like level of beauty i think when it comes yeah. to taking a character's personality and making that translate into their gameplay and the way their combos look in particular with fighting games oh um, no i mean uh i i think it's funny when someone has a very easily understandable if not necessarily definable taste for example i mentioned before how my favorite bloody roar character is sheena the leopard who's this like badass military girl. My favorite Soul Calibur character is Tira, the psychotic Harley Quinn type Holy character. Girl. Yeah, 
in uh like i just said eno is my favorite guilty gear character the punk rocker who beats people with a guitar <laughs> and yeah you just keep following this kind of pro- in uh what was it in uh in skull girls oh i mean i don't know about skull girls but okay. i like yeah, for the record, I wouldn't be surprised, Ulrich, if you haven't heard of this. Skullgirls is a fighting game. You've made... gone on record about it. All right, I just want to put this sentence out there. <laughs> Skullgirls is a fighting game made by people who like fighting games for people who like fighting games. <laughs> so, it's it's got something for everybody. Yeah. Oh, anyway, but to cap off what I was saying, like, then when I got to Street Fighter, I'm like, oh, Jury Han. My, my buddies are all like, oh, we see what kind of characters you pick. <laughs> yeah, I gotcha. You know, it just so, this is just how it is for most fighting games for me or maybe now that i think about maybe it's just street fighter but almost every character that i play happens to be female and i don't know if that's because in capcom games typically female characters are more light and nimble that's kind of more my style do you guys prefer like the the big brutes the powerhouses or yeah i, I well as i just, just... Because that's my go-to for any game. It's like, I look for the biggest, bulkiest dude. Like, ooh, you look like you can take a hit and you'll be fun. <laughs> as, as I just illustrated, I much prefer playing it. Like, my favorite Tekken character is Ling Xiaoyu. Like, it's always... I, I like I like female characters, but not for any reason other than aesthetically. I find it more interesting than, like, the big burly dude beating people. I don't know. Yeah, I, I gotcha. And it's not like there aren't male characters I like. Like, in Street Fighter... I, I like uh, playing Akuma a lot because mm-hmm. he's freaking Akuma. And I like uh, Cody a lot, both from there and, you know, in his actual game. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. so it's not like they don't exist. I just prefer Jury in that. And that's why Skullgirls was particularly interesting because it's like, well, the only male character in this is Beowulf. And uh, my buddy mains him, so I have learned to hate Beowulf. <laughs> so <laughs> There you go. How about in uh, Smash, if that is permitted in the fighting game discussion? Ah, uh, it's fine. Like I said, for, for me, Smash was... Because um, I played original Nintendo 64 Smash Brothers at... Uh, when I used to go to this daycare center after school. a teen center, I think is what they called it. But we had a we had a we had Smash Brothers, and we had original Killer Instinct. And I actually played a lot of Cinder there, but not the point. Um, in Smash Brothers, at that point, I played Mario, because my buddy Jackson played Luigi, and so we always did tag team. And, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, then when Melee came out is when I learned that I liked Fox a lot. And then when Brawl came out, Wolf was a character, and I played Wolf exclusively because I just loved everything about Wolf's design. Plus the fact that I could howl after knocking someone off was just, it tickled me. So, yeah. And now in uh, Ultimate, like I said, uh, um, I like Lucario, I like Robin, uh, and I like Bowser a lot. So let's say those are three of my favorites. With Bowser, you've got the the big heavy brute type. Yeah. So there's always exceptions. There's exception to every rule. By the way, Ulrich, with the whole um, lore thing, I think it's funny that as far as I can tell, and uh, Nick might be able to correct me if I'm wrong, but basically while Mortal Kombat had like a lot of lore in it, the first fighting game that I can pin down to have like a really good story mode that then expanded on all the characters and the lore and stuff like that was Soul Blade. See, my whole thing with the lore for Mortal Kombat is like, I always knew of Mortal Kombat, but I never played a lot of it as a kid because, you know, my mom was not going to let us play that one. Though I don't know how Killer Instinct made it through. Is I had a buddy in junior high and he came into school one day 
wearing a shirt that was all the Mortal Kombat characters. And he proceeded to tell me the story about every single one. It's like, wait a second. These fighting games have stories? And it was from there that I kind of launched in. And that's why Mortal Kombat kind of sticks in my brain as the one with the most stories. That was the first one I had any you know knowledge of. Because Killer Instinct's like, there's a giant robot fighting a raptor. Okay, that well, makes at, sense. Well, if at this point, Mortal Kombat basically does have the most expansive lore, I would say. I was making a point that um, before it became Soul Calibur, when it was just Soul Blade, it was like the first fighting game to have like a dedicated story mode where you like went through and actually were told the story about each of the characters depending on who you played that had like cutscenes and and like an evolving kind of thing like there before that basically it was you played arcade mode and then you had like a little thing at the end but soul blade introduced this whole uh what they call it a tale of swords mode or something like that it's been a long time since i played original soul blade but that so now it's funny that anytime i play a fighting game that doesn't have something like that i'm actually disappointed <laughs> Yeah, See, I'd never even heard of uh, Soul Calibur until I met you. Like, that was one I, I just, we never played or never really, really heard of. Oh, by the way, the reason why I actually didn't play Soul Calibur Six was because they, they hid Tira behind a paywall. Now, here's the thing. I'm not anti-against paywalls. Companies got to make their money. But Tira's been a main character since Soul Calibur Three, and hiding her behind a paywall from day one is bullshit. Sorry, just had to get that rant out. <laughs> Flash rant. Yeah, um, story modes, I don't know, it... It depends what you mean by full-blown story mode, because even the arcade modes that arcade modes that you mentioned earlier, a lot of those will have some kind of story in them. Because for a long time, fighting games were pretty bare bones in terms of story. Like you could only get it through the any cutscenes or images or whatever that you might have been uh, seeing at the end of an arcade mode, sometimes at the beginning of an arcade mode, or like from the instructional manual. Killer Instinct is kind of a prime example of that. That didn't really have much of a story outside of the character endings and uh, the comic books that came out where the tournaments are run by some uh, mega corporation. Well, it's run by Ultra Tech. That's kind of the main story there. But the... Um, ah, crap, I had a train of thought and then I lost it. Uh that's all right. As far as I'm concerned, the main story of Killer Instinct was 100 hit combos minimum. <laughs> <laughs> Ultra combo. What more needs to be said? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Even the original Street Fighter, not even Street Fighter 2, but like 1980 something Street Fighter. I thought we all agree that game doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not fantastic, uh, but it does have story. I still remember the time that my love of story and my love of fighting games came together but didn't work. And it was, I had a buddy, he was huge into Dragon Ball Z because, you know, everyone was in the 2000s. And he had one of the fighting games. He's like, oh, come on. You love story. You've watched Dragon Ball Z. You got to watch it. That might have been it. It's like 2000 and I'm pretty sure it was Budokai around that time. Yeah. I had Budokai 1 on GameCube. I loved that thing. Yeah, my Budokai was on uh, PlayStation when I had it. I think it was PlayStation. But, you know, he comes and is like, okay, I kind of know Dragon Ball. I've seen the Frieza saga. I know what's going on. And I go to load in like, wait a second. Who the hell are all these people? And he proceeds to tell me. I remember my eyes just kind of glazing over going, oh, no. this I like story, but no, this is just 
this is now too much. <laughs> well, it's one of the Tenkaichi games where it's like a billion different characters and there's 10 different Gokus and yes. Yeah, I just remember like I'm sitting there going, uh, Frieza, I know who Frieza is. Frieza's powerful. He should be good at this game. And my buddy just destroyed me. It's like, oh, okay, this isn't fun at all. <laughs> the story was confusing and the only character I know sucks. <laughs> yeah, one thing I really liked about the original Budokai was uh, how quote-unquote lore-friendly it tried to be in gameplay. So, like, you don't have Goku and Super Saiyan Goku as separate characters. No, no, you pick Goku, and you got to, like, earn that Super Saiyan and those other transformations and that, uh, that sort of thing. If there's one thing I kind of sort of a little bit lament about Dragon Ball Fighters, as amazing and fantastic as that game is, it's that it kind of falls back a little bit onto the, you know, base Goku, Super Saiyan Goku, Super Saiyan Blue Goku. Those are all separate characters entirely. I wish you could transform as like a game mechanic. I understand that that might be a little bit tricky to implement, especially in something like Dragon Ball Fighters, where they want it to be really well balanced. But there's a piece of me that still kind of longs for that. You know what I mean? See, here, here's the thing about uh, Arxis and, and style fighters in general, and Dragon Ball Fighters specifically. Because I remember when Dragon Ball Fighters came out, and it was like every, it was the game, right? And yeah. I remember watching um, the like some of the higher tier matches, and Fighters has a problem for me, which is the the game is so offensively oriented that the amount of times that one player is literally just holding the other player in a block check for no exaggeration 20 to 30 seconds is mm-hmm. makes for not a great spectator experience and not a particularly engaging player experience for me personally so i'm actually very anti no, I, um, I understand what you're saying and i actually 100 percent agree yeah i understood a word from this conversation go me well it's because trying to balance fighters in general is always tricky especially depending on what the, i mean we mentioned killer instinct and killer instinct was like one of the first if not the first fighting game i know of to have like combos that were basically infinite if not infinite so it, but that's why um like in blaze blue anyway arxis handles it by giving you really good like um guard break options like i know Skullgirls has something similar that and i feel like fighters in order to if they you know make another one or whatever um needs to handle that because it made watching uh tedious sometimes (laughs) maybe i i don't know i i think the really really hectic nature fits dragon ball z well i'd be disappointed if it was if if it was more of like a street fighter pace where it's kind of a chess match i'm fine with the hectic nature i just think that if you're in a situation where one person is blocking and the other person is just constantly attacking them for 30 seconds they should have some sort of tool to to break them away (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, there kind of sort of is. If it's not a true block string, if there's like even a little bit of a gap, you can hit back and special, and that's the reflect. That'll kind of knock them away. And uh, I don't know the game well enough to know how many, or uh, on average, how many of the moves in the game become punishable if they're reflected, but I know that there are punish opportunities off of that mechanic. Um, but I, I think if, maybe the 30-second block strings... Yeah, maybe those are a little bit ridiculous, but uh, the people who play that game seem to not mind it. <laughs> it's not for me either. I'm kind of in the same boat as you guys. I'm. I Dragon Ball Fighters was the game that made me finally realize, you know, I don't think 
team mechanics really gel with me, at least not at this point. Yeah. It's, it's just so much for me to wrap my head around. And like, not I, even... never know, I never know when it's my turn to, to yeah. push the button. <laughs> I mean, and that's there's a certain amount of that expected in fighting games in general, but that's that's not just a fighter's thing. Like uh, Marvel vs. Capcom, especially yeah. 3 on, had the same problem where you had a touch of death, especially. I mean, I played Zero in that game, and Zero is as guilty as anyone of what I'm talking about. But <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm subscribed to the Dragon Ball Fighters subreddit still, and like every day there's at least one uh, touch of death video. One thing I do admire about these games is watching the creativity of people who play those games and understand them well. Because, um, like, even with the touch of death combos, yeah, they're usually that's not likely to happen in a match because it takes so many resources. But still, watching people, you know, do a touch of death with like five Kamehameha's in there or uh, whatever sort of challenge they might set for themselves, it's it's just really entertaining to see how you can piece all these moves across three different characters together in a really really flashy over the top way yeah oh I by think, the way I think it's a good spectator thing but yeah my opinion. Uh, well if that is happening certainly I, I feel like a lot of the best matches are i mean it's like with any sport right you usually don't want to see someone dominate someone else you want to see a close match but sure on a on a related note both to what we're talking about and um Death Battle, since, you know, as you wrote for Death Battle, I remember having this situation a while back when uh, I was doing the thing where I just read up on the Death Battle, like, fan wikis and for what um, things people want to do. And I was like, huh, has anyone thought of uh, one for Jury Han? And sh- and then I saw, like, our Jury Han versus uh, Ivy from Soul Cover, Jury Han versus Melina. And I was like, oh, I don't want to see her get her face bitten off. But, like, every, <laughs> but every, like, fan discussion all gave jury han the edge in all her suspected fights so i was like now i want to see these <laughs> huh I apparently because the uh han to 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 really weigh in other than she has the what's it called the feng shui engine that yeah that's the main reason eye. people give it to her because the feng shui engine basically lets her have um the hatsui no hato and uh-huh. psycho power at the same time so i did not know that that was the lore i learned today it's well. It's it's very vague because Sin in um in like uh or not Sin. I, I never pronounce their names right. But the way the Feng Shui engine is kind of described is uh, in in what little lore you can find is that it's basically a a halfway like a just a connecting point between these two dimensions of power that are these these two concepts. That's why in uh, in actual canon she was able to take on like. Guile, Chun Li, and Cammy at the same time when she had her Feng Shui engine and beat them all simultaneously. So huh. I, don't, I might have that, to that movie. wrong, but was it from that uh, anime tie-in movie? Yeah, I believe so. I haven't actually watched it. This was just what I was reading people like talking about in the the chats. So again, I, I my stake is I'm with I, I want her to win because she's like my favorite character in that series. But I just thought it was weird because it's one of the situations where I saw. Jury Han versus Molina, and I was like, oh, I don't want to see Jury Han die. And everyone was like, actually, Jury would win. <laughs> so, huh. Never would have figured. Yeah. Now, on a, if, if anyone's listening, you disagree or agree, I'm curious. Now, um, I'm, uh, I got one more fighting game I want to bring up just for, I want to know if you've heard of it. It's a terrible one, but it's really fun. Have you heard of okay. De- Destrega? What's it called? Destrega. It's like D-E-S-T-R-E-G-A. I don't believe I have. 
Sell me on it. Oh, sell you on it. Okay. Um, <laughs> let's see. Imagine you're playing a... It's like Soul Calibur, except that the map is uh, top-down. You've got a huge arena, and you don't bother fighting hand-to-hand. Instead, you fight with Dragon Ball Z-style key powers that are unique to each character. You have my okay. interest. Yeah. Sounds pretty cool. So, well, that's, that's why I got it originally, because conceptually it's really fascinating, but in <laughs> in execution, it's really stupid. <laughs> because the, the way the game functioned is um, you had your square button was your attack that travels a long distance, your triangle button was your attack that's really strong, and your circle button was your attack that could uh, go a lot of things, like... Like, uh, imagine, you know, Vegeta shooting a bunch of key blasts. That's like your circle attacks. But what was kind of interesting is that you can, you have a, a, a meter, and one button press takes a third of that meter, and the meter fills up very quickly. But that meant that a an attack was a combination of three buttons. So you could do, like, three circles and shoot a bunch of projectiles, or you could do, like, two circles in a square, so you'd shoot less projectiles but they'd go farther like you get where i'm going okay yeah and so that's why like it was interesting to look at but then in gameplay what that meant is you're basically just yeah just shooting beams at each other (laughs) from just (laughs) continuously and it it doesn't have a great replayability factor uh it's fun for a few matches and then you're just doing the same thing i gotta imagine maybe uh, um after a night of like if you got the right people to play with it could be a fun time there was one character who was the quote-unquote joke character who her beams were literally the buttons so you press square and she shoots a neon square at someone you press triangle it's a big green neon oh. triangle she shoots so that's fun that's fun yeah and her ultimate because the ultimate is if you do one of each of them is she just starts throwing out um X's, squares, triangles, and circles, like, willy-nilly. <laughs> but anyway, Destrega is another one of those that I hear almost no one ever talk about. Kind of rightfully so, but I'm just interested if people have heard of it. So, I want to know when the HD re-release of Star Wars Masters of Terrace Kasi is going to be. Uh, yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> that game kind of hurts. <laughs> oh, man. That game is something. It, it's something else. How about, how about I know my reputation only? <laughs> yeah, the only thing I remember was playing Chewbacca, and then just there was something about his kicks that yes. I thought was so amusing and funny that I just spammed that the whole time. I don't remember what it was, but uh, gosh, who, there were some characters in there from some nowadays pretty obscure source material, like uh, Mara Jade was in there. Wasn't mm-hmm. she Luke Skywalker's wife or something like that in the books? Uh, girlfriend, apprentice, or a girlfriend, or something like that. No, it's just, I, it's a weird thing. But yeah, she's like his girlfriend, and people want her brought back into the canon, and I don't know why. Yeah, Mara Jade Skywalker is it a quit? So I don't I don't know. I'm not gonna go through this uh this page here, but <laughs> uh, getting into Star Wars deep lore is uh I don't have time for that tonight. <laughs> or uh, I could I could go for a Sonic the Fighters revival. That's another one. I didn't know that Sonic had a fighting game, but it you makes sense. That? No, I did oh not. My God. So I was at a um, some restaurant. What was it called? I can't remember, but they advertised it um, uh, around where I where I used to live when I was a teenager. And it was a restaurant, but they had this gimmick where they had a bunch of arcade machines that you could play for a nickel. 
Well, guess why you could play them for a nickel? Because they were all broken. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, they had uh, X-Men. The I think it was the version that had the two monitors. So it was, like, super widescreen. It was, like, revolutionary for the 90s. Mm. But, like, the right monitor was broken. It just didn't work. They had Ninja Turtles. But Michelangelo literally, literally couldn't move. And then they had Sonic the Fighters, which I think was just there on the grounds that it was Sonic the Fighters. I think that was the, the thing that was broken about it. The only thing <laughs> I really remember. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. The only thing I can remember is that, oddly enough, you could only block so many times. Like, you had a blocking meter or something like that. In any other fighting game, you would just get around that by doing a grab, which is t- traditionally unblockable. But I guess whoever was in charge of Sonic the Fighters just had enough of people spamming block is probably how he would put it. (laughs) He put a limiter on the blocking, which made the whole thing, from what I remember playing, really, really awkward. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. I don't even know. I can't remember everything that was off about that game besides to sum it all up everything. I don't know. For some reason, looking at screen caps of this, I'm suddenly reminded of uh, Pocket Rumble. But Pocket Rumble is awesome, so I don't know why I'm thinking. Maybe I'm wishing I was there instead of looking at this. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) we could literally go on forever, but I think uh, we should start moving into our our next section, which uh, is usually closing thoughts, which uh, my closing thoughts are... Not a lot, because this is a very loose-form conversation about fighting games, and all I can think now is that, uh, Nick, you seem to share similar tastes to mine, so we should get in a a match sometime. I don't care what game. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I got Killer Instinct. I got uh, got a bunch of Street Fighters. Uh, I have the 30th Anniversary Collection on PS4. Uh, Shoot, I got Street Fighter V. I haven't played that since, like, six months, nine months after launch, but I have it. That, that is the most recent fighting game I have currently, is Street Fighter cool, V. Yeah. So maybe that. Or what, what, uh, what do you think? Uh, I think this has been a great conversation. I knew I wouldn't have a lot to contribute because, like I said, I like fighting games. Fighting games don't like me. Um, I still get excited for them. I keep thinking that one's going to come out like, okay, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play that one. Like... Uh, mk11 like oh i'll play that one no i mean same problem i didn't even get to touch on the fact that m uh, mortal Kombat has become like in my opinion smash brothers but for more traditional fighting games considering that they just bring in like every kind of character they can get like oh put the ninja turtles in there put negan in there put like oh mortal Kombat is crazy it's cool but it's crazy (laughs) yeah that's kind of what keeps drawing me in and when the rumors of bruce campbell you know ash as a DLC, like, oh, I'm going to have to learn to get good at that just to play Ash Williams in Mortal Kombat. I mean, I don't know how, but if that's true. And then it turned out it wasn't, so I didn't have to, you know, chop off my hands and replace them. Oh, with, just, you know, just attachments. <laughs> oh, I know the day will come, and then I'm going to have to, you know, cut off my hands and replace them with, you know, video game ports that I can just plug in and fight with my brain. <laughs> or... or... I guess that's the evolution of the arcade stick. Anyway. I was going to say, it's, it's it's eerily similar to that really weird Black Mirror episode this season. I don't know if either of you guys saw that one. Yes. No, I'm behind on that. I need to catch up. They did one about uh, fighting games that, as a okay. fighting game makes no sense. No it's, it's, not, it's not about fighting games. It uses a fighting game as its setting. It's important okay. distinction. Fair enough. But that is, that, that is a terrible design for a fighting game. <laughs> It's actually a really great one, but not for the... Anyway, yes. I want to feel being punched. That's that's what I want to do when I play a fighting game. 
Anyways, we're getting off topic. So about this point is when we give our guests the chance to plug anything they want. So go ahead, Nick. Um, I don't have much to plug at the moment. Uh, I guess I'll just say, go ahead, give me a follow on Twitter. That's just at Nervous Nick. Um, you can find me on Twitch, too. I, I'm just now starting trying to uh, make that a more regular thing for me. So go to twitch.tv slash Nervous Nick. I play just kind of whatever. I play a lot of fighting games. Um, that's the plan anyway. <laughs> so you can catch me there. You can catch some hands maybe if you want to play with me on stream in whatever it is that uh, I'm playing at the time. Other than that, uh, I think I'll just wrap it up by quoting the fighting game player Tokido, who a few years ago uh, in an interview said something like, uh, fighting games are something so great. <laughs> I can't remember where he's from originally, but uh, that's that's what he said. And I got to echo that. Fighting games are amazing and thank you for having me on the podcast guys it's fun talking about fighting games with you yeah real quick since you brought up tokido i'm guessing that name means nothing to you ulrich yep so tokido i just want to say this real quick tokido is one of the best street fighter players on the planet like easily and he's a he's an akuma player primarily and he has for me one of the hypest things he's done is he's done this a few times but you can find footage easily of him online uh like at the end of some tournament he won using the Raging Demon, which is Akuma's main move, but the, the game was being projected on a projector like so that the audience could see it. So then as the Raging Demon was happening, he, he put down his controller because he knew he had won. He got up, stood in front of the projector, and turned it the Akuma stance so that the symbol was on his back instead of on the, the projection screen. And it was one of my favorite moments. Like one of the most legendary hype things ever. <laughs> yeah, it was so cool. Takedo is really like an intense guy, but that you can tell he's got a, a flair. He has flair. That's it. <laughs> All right. So now at this point, we each do what we call a suggestion of the week, which is simply if there's something that you've been enjoying, watching, playing, reading, whatever recently, we just do a quick talk about it. Uh, mine, for example, is on Friday, I went and saw uh, Jojo Rabbit which is the new Taika Waititi movie about um, basically it's Calvin and Hobbes, but with Hitler. And it was amazing and is like one of my top favorite movies of the year I've seen so far. And I'm I, hoping I, I get to see this before the year is out. Yeah, you really need to, because I'm going to talk about it. Come our spoiler, come our top 10 movies of the year. It's going to be on there and I'm going to talk about it. So highly recommend Jojo Rabbit. Also, it made me realize that, I've been taking Scarlett Johansson for for granted. She is an amazing actress in that movie. I mean, she's an amazing actress in general, but she does a really good job in that movie. So that's my suggestion. No, I'm really excited. I've, I've got spots reserved in my... I've, I've started hammering out my final top ten, and I've got spots left open for, you know, Jojo Rabbit and uh, Rise of the Skywalker because I'm really curious, like, okay, are those going to shift anything around? Are they going to fall by the wayside? I think Jojo Rabbit does have the potential because everyone said how incredible it is and Taika Waititi is an incredible director. Uh, I think the only thing I'm going to plug is or uh, not plug but uh, I'm going to recommend just go play Killer Instinct. I don't think I quite fully articulated how much of a fanboy I am for that game even six years later. Play also I can, I can say about Killer Instinct supposedly and uh, correct me if I'm wrong or, or support this but doesn't Killer Instinct have like the best soundtrack of like a fighting game oh my god the soundtrack is so incredible like it's it's uh i'll, I'll keep this brief because i know we're wrapping up but it's one of those games where the music changes dynamically depending on what's happening in the game 
now that you know that, go and play it, pay attention to it, and it's it's going to make it that much more incredible to play. Uh, the netcode's really good. It, if you have even a halfway decent connection, if both of you do, then it feels like it's practically offline. Um, God, it's just wicked fun. It's got a, If you're a newcomer to fighting games, this is literally like the best one you could ever pick up because it's free to play. So go pick it up, play it, and uh, add me. I am S-A space nervous space Nick. Send me uh, an invite if you see me playing KI sometime. We can play some matches. Nice. I didn't know. I didn't know it was free to play. I'm gonna have to. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's free to play on Xbox One and Windows 10. Otherwise, you can buy it on Steam. It's frequently on sale, and it comes with absolutely everything ever. Well, I have Windows 10, so yeah, get it. It's free. You it's been a while work. since I uh, I picked up um, Saberwolf, and why is his name suddenly escaping me? I love Pirate Skeleton. I just can't think of his name. Spinal. Spinal. Thank you. Ah. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> free to play. You can unlock Jago and Orchid for free, and then there's a third character that rotates out every week. Otherwise, it's five bucks a character or twenty bucks for a season. Uh, I could chill this game all day, but I'll <laughs> stop right there. <laughs> okay, Ulrich, what do you have to suggest, Ulrich? Sorry, I'm still muted. I got fixed now. Uh, I got an interesting one. Uh, End of the fucking world, part two, season two. I don't know what you want to call it. Uh, you and I both loved season one. And we were both real skeptical about season two and there being a need for season two. Yeah, it seemed like that story was done. Yeah. Uh, the trailers, well, the trailer didn't really answer any of my questions like, does this need a second season? But after watching it, yes. Because I'll say, I'll, I'll do the broad strokes. It is a whole season dedicated to the aftermath of season one and what that does to these characters. And their journey... Mm. Not necessarily to get over it, but to deal with what happened and how it affected them. And it's really good. It's got all the same things you liked about the first season or here in the second season. And the ending, in my opinion, is perfect. This is where you end. You do not continue. You do not pass go. You do not make a third season because the way this season ends, to me, just feels like the perfect wrap-up for this series and i'm afraid they're going to make a season three and i'm afraid that it's going to ruin it but given i said this about season one and season two was so good i'm going to keep an open mind yes end of the fucking world on netflix season two watch it if you haven't watched season one watch both it's only like six episodes 20 minutes each it's a real easy binge all right well then uh, i believe that brings us to our outro which is uh usually on Ulrich, but since he left an opening spot, I'm going to cut right ahead of him and say that, hey, whatever platform you guys are listening to us on, thank you. We're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and Pocket Cast. And, you know, be sure to do the the, the liking, the sharing, the, the subscribing, all those things that I'm supposed to ask you to do. Actually, Ulrich's supposed to ask you to do, but I'm stealing the spotlight from him right now. So, you know, the more we grow or the more people see this we can grow then we see this we have a cycle going on here and we can do more so that would be awesome we'd like to again thank nick for coming on i i had a i had a great time so yeah and as far as i'm concerned i'm pretty sure as far as i was concerned you're free to come back sometime if you want so i haven't been banned yet i'll do that (laughs) all right now the banning comes later when we get spammed by people leaving us comments of why goku would beat superman in a death battle (sighs) To which I say, not my problem anymore. (laughs) (laughs) There you go.
All right. Well, that's all the things. Again, thank you, Nick, for coming on. We'll have to get you back on sometime. Uh, as thank always, this has been you. as always, this has been Lord Commander Oric. And his shield brother, Axel Wright. Be sure to tune in next time, and as always, stay honorable. <laughs>